morning to each of you. It's uh, good to be with you here this morning and to be able to worship the Lord together in this place. I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians 13. And we often think about this as being the love chapter, and it is. But I like to look at verse 11. And I've wondered already why that verse is, is sort of sandwiched in there of a chapter speaking about love, but there it is, and we want to look at verse 11, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. It says this, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What do you want to be when you grow up? You ever had that question to ask of you? And I'm sure it... It would be an interesting uh, conversation if we would ask that of all of us. You know, probably most of us had uh, dreams and that were probably unrealistic and lofty ideas that someday we're going to be this certain person or do this certain thing when we grow up. And we all, I think, wanted to grow up, uh, to mature. You know, physical growth is... It's not so hard to see, Uh, maybe it's hard to see in a moment of time, but uh, you just need some time and you can see the physical growth has happened. At our house in one of the closets, you open the door, you look on the the door jam, you see little marks and dates, such and such a day, such and such a person was this tall. And it's it's a measuring stick to where our children can go back you know, a year or two, whatever, later, and, and see, well, hmm, that day I was that tall, and now I'm this tall. It's a way to measure the growth. I never grew that much. I had lots of growing pains and not much results from them. <laughs> Aching leg bones and joints and all of that. But normally we grow throughout childhood. And then stop growing, at least, at least vertically. And, but there's a lot more to maturing than physical growth, isn't it? A lot more. Physical growth we can measure. Some of the other parts of us that need to grow are a little harder to measure. I remember when I was young, out by the barn was a, a little, a few, a few Oak trees, nice little shaded spot, and, and underneath was a sand pile. And I remember playing many, many hours there. The swing hung from the oak tree, and it's just a wonderful place for a child. And I remember once or so a year, we'd take the pickup truck down to the river and get a, a, a truckload of river sand, take it home, put it on the pile, and we'd have a great time. You know, we plowed our imaginary fields. We built the roads with the empty tin cans for the culverts and our roads. We built cities. It was a wonderful place for a child. But I remember the day when, you know, I'd like to go out there and crank up my Tonka truck. But somehow it just didn't feel the same. Remember that? It seemed kind of childish. And, you know, finally I didn't do it anymore. Growing pains, I guess you could call it. Things change, and somehow 
uh, we put away those childish things, some of them at least, and uh, park the Tonka truck and we don't play with it anymore. And maybe it's something different for you. It probably was. But that was not an easy time when you think about it. Setting those things that we so enjoyed and were so involved with, setting those things aside and, and looking for new challenges and life changes. And I suppose this message this morning could be to our adolescents here this morning, and it is. But I think, to be honest, all of us, all of us have some maturing that needs to happen. Actually, in our spiritual lives, we should never stop growing spiritually. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And we know that spiritual growth doesn't happen just once and then you're done. It's a lifetime experience. Now think about that verse I just read. <clears throat> the challenge to put away childish things. And I'd like to contrast that verse with what Jesus said in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verses 3 and verse 4. <clears throat> the words of Jesus, he says, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus said we are to become like a child. In fact, Jesus said, the last part of verse 3, unless you become as a little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now that's strong language. That's strong. So Jesus said we should become as children. And so what do you, how do we handle this? Jesus said we are to become like a child. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 to encourage his readers to put away childish things. So I'd like for us to think of, of the difference here this morning between childlikeness and childishness. And there is a difference. Childlikeness or childishness. It's a normal thing for children to grow physically. The Gospel of Luke tells us about Jesus. And as a boy, he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And there's a need for all of us to mature. And that maturing, as we mentioned, goes way beyond our physical growth. The Bible talks different times about growth. Hebrews uh, talks about how that uh, those people should have been eating strong meat, but then instead they still needed milk. There was a need for growth, a need for maturing. I think we would all agree that we should be growing because when we stop growing spiritually, then we start dying. Isn't that true? And so we need to grow. We need to mature. We need to put away childish things like Paul said, and yet be like a child as Jesus said. So what is the difference between childlikeness and childishness? We've all heard the term uh, a childlike faith. I think we understand what that means. But unless I'm mistaken, and somebody correct me if I am, the Bible never uses that term directly, childlike faith, at least in the King James Version. Look at Matthew 18 here again. Often when people talk about childlike faith, this is the, these are the verses they turn to. 
The context is verse 1. At the same time there came disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? The disciples are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And so Jesus uses this little child as an illustration of humility. And so in the context, the, the uh, subject is humility, not necessarily faith in this particular instance. Now, of course, the Bible is very clear that we need the good qualities of a childlike faith, a, a faith of a child that just believes and trusts. Our Heavenly Father, even as a child would trust his earthly father, if it's a good father. I'd like to think this morning about the differences between being childlike and being childish. As we think about the setting here in Matthew chapter 18, we see the disciples stomping their sandals and kicking the dust and glaring at each other and saying, it's mine, me first. I want to be the greatest. Now here are grown men, spiritual men, Jesus' chosen men, his closest followers, who were still maneuvering for power and prestige. And it seems childish. Not childish in a cute and humorous way, but in a, in a way that was prideful and sinful and selfish. They needed to put that away. That childish ways. Actually, they were the ways of self and sin. They needed to put that behind them and become childlike, which has to do with humility. Being childlike, in, in my opinion at least, is, being, is referring to the positive aspects of, of being like a child. Words like innocence or trusting, teachable, humble, receptivity, um, a child's reliance on others. Uh, without great worldly ambitions, embracing life to the fullest, a simple life, simple view of life. Those, that, that's being childlike. I remember a little girl, probably three or four years old, I had a conversation with in another community numbers of years ago. She had those shoes on with the flashing lights. Remember those? And she was running around flashing her, her shoes. And um, I had a little conversation with her, and, and I pretended to be sad, and I said, you know, I wish I had some flashing shoes like yours. And her eyes got big, and she had a good answer for me. She said, well, why don't you just go ask your mommy? <laughs> Simple. Obviously, a faith and a trust in her, her mother. She was sure that mommy could fix it. And I didn't have the heart to tell her I doubt my mommy would be interested in flashing shoes for me. But that little conversation with that trusting child impressed me. Do I have that kind of faith in our Heavenly Father? He wants to give His best. He wants us to ask. He wants us to ask in faith. And it may not be flashing shoes. But our Heavenly Father wants to give the best to His children as we surrender to Him. Do have that kind of simple childlike faith. Jesus said we are to receive the kingdom of God as a child and be humble as a child. That's being childlike, a positive thing. Now childish, 
Being childish is something different. Childishness speaks about the negative aspects of childhood. Those things that we need to grow out of and leave behind. And maybe there's some parent here this morning who's thinking, yeah, I know what that is, as you hold your little one on your lap. Things like selfishness and anger and, and bitterness and being rude and being unwilling to share with others. You know, the, the proud spirit the being quick to pout and throwing the temper tantrum when we can't get away. You know, we've all seen that in the store, in the toy aisle, in the candy aisle, and even in our own homes, I suppose. Being uncaring how we affect others. <laughs> I remember many years ago being in a restaurant, crowded restaurant, okay, get the picture. Crowded restaurant. And a little somebody that was related to me shouting across the crowded room, Hey, Daddy, that man has a great big belly. And I was very embarrassed and mortified. My little son was childish because he was a child. But he was also being rude and inconsiderate. What he said was the truth. It was just a simple observation but it was not the proper thing to say. See, childishness is a, tends to be a focus on self, what self wants, what's how self sees life without consideration of others and how my selfishness affects others. A child thinks if there's a problem, it's somebody else's fault and they're unwilling to take responsibility for our own actions. You know, we see this in marriages. We see this in the workplace. We see this between authority and those under authority. Uh, Reactions um, sometimes can be very childish. A childish person assumes that all of life's problems are someone else's fault, and the problems are never connected to my choices, my behavior, or my attitudes, and refuse to accept responsibility for the problems. So, you see, childlikeness is the positive aspects of being a child, and childishness is the negative aspects of a child. Childlikeness is beautiful, and childishness is not. Now, it's understandable that a child acts like a child because they are a child. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 talks about that. But that child should mature and leave the childish things behind. Growth needs to happen. Back to 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul mentions three things here in this verse, and, and there's, there's others in Scripture, but these are the three that he mentions. He spake as a child. Our speech something that I think we all need to grow in, mature in, or I do at least. Putting away childish speech. Paul wrote to the Colossians in chapter 3, verse 9, Lie not one to another, seeing you've put off the old man with his deeds. James wrote more about the the tongue boasting great things. And he gave the illustration of the ship and, and and the bridle in the horse's mouth and so on. That little thing in our mouth needs to be under control. We're not 
to be childish in our speech. Also in 1 Corinthians 11, 13 verse 11, Paul mentions understanding as a child or thinking, reasoning like a child. Generally, I suppose a child will believe whatever he's told because mom said so or dad said so or the television program said so. Now for an adult that believes everything they hear is probably not wise. There's a lot of untruth in our world and a lot of deception and we dare not be led astray. And so it's not always wise to be understanding and reasoning like a child in in trusting what we shouldn't trust. Now, when a child gets older, sometimes they um, think they know pretty much everything that's worth knowing, and that's not right either. Pride and an inflated ego are sins that are not for the Christian. And so we need to be discerning and careful about what we believe. And our belief system rooted and grounded upon the Word of God because the devil wants to deceive. He wants to destroy. He is the father of of lies. And yet, we need to be childlike in our humility and our faith toward God. We need to accept and understand the truth of God's Word and apply it to our lives. Going to chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, verse 20. It says this, Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. Clearly there needs to be a putting away of the childish old man. There's some pretty childish things that happen between husbands and wives and bosses and employees and in churches and authority structures and so on. Maneuvering for, for um, getting my way or um, it's his fault and not mine and all those kinds of things. There needs to be a putting on of the new man that has the positive Christ-like, positive child-like qualities. Most of all, I believe we need to surrender to Jesus Christ and only then can we grow. Let's turn to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 27. There's lots and lots that we could look at here, but I just want to look at verse 27. Because uh, Jesus is talking about growth. Matthew 6, 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? I'm kind of pulling that out from what Jesus is saying here. The words taking thought has the idea of being anxious about, worry. Have you ever grown by worrying about it? I never did. I remember as a youngster being with my dad someplace, he was having a meeting someplace, and I went along with him, and I remember the mother of the house wanted her son and me to, to go back to back. Let's see who's taller. And I didn't like it because he was a year or two younger than I, and he was taller than me. And I didn't measure up. But I didn't grow by worrying about it, did I? 
Which of you, by thinking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And actually, in all honesty, physical growth is a pretty minor thing. You think about the, the, the importance of life in, in, in eternity. Worrying never adds a cubit to our stature or anything else to our lives. We can't make ourselves grow physically, but God can help us grow. In fact, God has been adding cubits to people's stature for thousands of years in a physical way. But God helps His children grow grow in other ways, emotionally, socially, spiritually. God has a way of allowing trials in our lives with the purpose to help us grow. And we don't like those, those growing sessions, do we? But God allows those things to help us grow. And the question is, will I be childish or childlike in response to those hardships? What a challenge. Now, I hope you understand this morning, when I talk about being childish, I'm not trying to relabel a sin as something else. That is just something childish. You need to get over it. You need to do better, but it's understandable. Somehow we need to do better. No, sin is sin and needs to be repented of. But when hardship comes, and it comes to all of us in one form or another, how will I re or will I react or will I cooperate with God? That's one of the big differences between being childish or being childlike. Either reacting or cooperating with God. I tend to react to the hardships of life with impatience or irritation or focus on self or feeling sorry for myself or trying to figure this thing out and figure out a solution. And I tend to be childish as I react to the tough things of life. Are you like me? And I need to become more childlike, Christ-like. In this trial that I'm experiencing, God has allowed it, and so therefore we must trust Him that He has a purpose. What is there to learn? Maybe it's humility, maybe it's patience, maybe it's a lot of different things, but we, have, we, we need to grow. Can I trust Him for that? Is there anything in my life that is too precious, that has become too precious to me, that maybe needs to be pruned so that I can grow? And produce more fruit. That's childlikeness. And the next issue that we face in life, whatever it is, will I be childish or childlike? It's a question for us. Think about that. It's really a choice. It's a choice that we have. Probably my response to the hardships of life is probably one of the best measuring sticks of our maturity. Possibly. To our growing process. What a shame it is when a grown man reacts like a child. And I've seen it and I'm sure you have too. Um, I remember a co-worker of mine throwing tools across the room and just yelling. And the thing still didn't get fixed he was working on. Uh, Childish. Childish. And this, this... affects us in all sorts of areas of life, relationships like marriage and churches and the workplace and so on. When we grow, and we should grow, we need to put away childish things. 
And the way to grow is to become childlike. For the rest of our time here this morning, I'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 13. And look at the familiar parable that Jesus told about the sower and the seed. And I'm thinking about growth. God wants us to go, grow. Christ wants us to grow. And yet sometimes we grow very slowly. And this familiar story of Jesus, um, I'd just like to remind us of the hindrances to growth. What is between the planting of the seed and the harvest? What's between there? It's growth. That's what needs to happen. There's work. There are choices to be made. There's a, there are the growing pains, the challenges that come with growth. I'll just read verses 3 to 9. Not spend a tremendous amount of time here, but just to get our minds to thinking of the words of Jesus. Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some of the seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thieves, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Some fell among thorns, sorry, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. My purpose for reading this parable this morning is not so much to look at in depth at, at the, all the many, many lessons that are here, but rather to remind us that with growth, or in order for growth to happen, there need, there's a great surrender, there's a great effort. Put forth. There are several things needed in order for there to be a harvest. There needs to be a sower. There needs to be good seed. There needs to be sunshine and rain and all those things. But most importantly, and I think the, the purpose for this story is that there must be prepared ground. Prepared ground. There must be good work habits. The plowing, the weeding, the throwing out the stones, the watering, the seed and so on. There must be time. There must be time given for growth to happen. Growth doesn't happen very fast for most of us. There needs to be time. We know from Christ's interpretation of this story, this parable in verses 18 to, 30, uh, 18 to 23, that Christ is a sower and Christ sows good seed. And so the biggest problem is the soil, whether it accepts the good seed or not. And gives that seed a chance to grow. And the troubling part of this whole parable is the fact that not all the soils produced a good harvest. And I, you know, I wonder about my life. All of the, the soils received the good seed, but the seed was not always received well, not always allowed to sprout and to grow. Why did not the seed take root in these different situations? Think about the difference between childlikeness and childishness as we look at this parable. So why didn't the seed grow? Verse 4, that particular ground was hard. It was constantly traveled on by many people. It was is, uh, the wayside. I think Jesus is probably referring to closed hearts, closed minds. The truth is not allowed to penetrate. There's an indifference, uh, not an interest in the truth. The wicked, the wicked one snatches away the word. When the truth stays on the surface of our hardened hearts, the devil can snatch it away. 
There's also the stony ground, verses 5 and 6. Why did not this seed take root? Evidently it did briefly. But there was no true roots, not deep roots. It was a shallow surface that received the word, but it was hard underneath. There's no nutrition in a rock. And when the tough times of life come, they give up. Then there was a seed that fell among the thorns, verse 7. And the good seed has a hard time competing with the firmly established thorns. And by the way, once upon a time, those thorns was a tiny seed too. Just a challenge for us. What am I allowing to take root and grow in my life? Because what little, what is little, if it grows, gets big and gets rooted, deeply rooted in our lives. And so now these thorns are choking the good seed. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word in the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become, becometh unfruitful. The cares of this world. Yes, we have those, don't we? Yes, we do. The deceitfulness of riches. Probably one of our problems that we struggle with a lot. These are things we must face every day. And it really, really matters what we allow to sprout and grow in our lives. Will it be the good seed that the sower planted? Or will it be a thorn that gets established and chokes out the word? Then we have the, the good soil in verse 8. What is the difference between the soil of verse 8 and the other soils? The good soil had the hindrances to growth removed. The hard ground was tilled. The birds were chased away. The, the stones were thrown out. The thorns were pulled away and thrown away. The ground prepared for the seed. It was ready for that seed. Jesus said, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. That's Mark 10 verse 15. Just the importance of receiving, being ready, being prepared, desiring what Christ has for us. One of the very big differences between being childish and being childlike is receptivity. I guess that's a word. Ready to receive what's good, ready to receive the truth. That's the attitude of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Drinking in the words of truth. Verse 23, But he that received seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Now, of course, we need to understand what real truth is before we accept it. We don't want to be accepting the untruth. Like the tares sown among the wheat in the very next parable in verses 24 to 30. Jesus told. But we must be open to the truth and how it affects our lives and apply it to our lives. Am I childish or childlike? Think about that. Well, there's a lot of examples we could turn to on this subject in, in the Bible. We could look at the vine, the branches. Uh, we could look at the Christian armor in Ephesians 6. We could look at the wise man, the foolish man, and how they built on different foundations. 
And what happened as a result? Different ways of looking at growth and, and fruit and so on. But my point here this morning is that we all came into this world childish. We all came to Christ as a childish, immature person. But Christ wants us to grow and to become more like Him. Childlike, not childish. And so am I, are you, growing? Are the hindrances in my life that tend to stunt growth, are those things still there or have they been removed? The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and, and the list is ongoing. Hindrances to growth. May we never stop growing. May we be following Christ, our perfect example. Paul wrote that we are to put away childish things. The words put away in the Greek has the idea to stop or to make useless or to do away with, to put, a, put it away, be done with it. To no longer think, no longer act, and live on the basis of a selfish child. But rather to think and to act and to live as a mature person. Jesus set that child among his arguing disciples and told them and us to be more childlike. And he was talking about humility and faith and trust, teachableness and love, the positive aspects of an innocent child. May God help us to be childlike, not childish.